Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. My name is Lisa Woolfork. I am happy to be your host here today, coming to you from Charlottesville, Virginia. And as I say for every episode, this is a very special episode because I am speaking today with Marcia Spencer, and y'all might know her, and you should know her as Kichi B Style on Instagram. And one of the things when I think about Marcia's work, I think about height and volume. I feel like her photographs, if you go through your Instagram page, the looks are so elegant. They're so well designed and the photographs are well structured. It's just a beautiful, beautiful contribution. It's always a bright light. No matter where you are, it seems like it's always sunny. It's not, but thank you. (laughs) Welcome, Marcia Spencer, to the program. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for inviting me. Welcome, welcome. Let's start with just some of the very basic questions. How did you get started? What is your sewing story? I did read that you started as a a young child and grew into it. Can you say more about that, how you got started? Well, like you said, I started very young. Can't remember the age. I mean, so young too. I was at my mother's sewing machine on the floor, piecing together pieces of clothing for my Barbie doll. She kind of taught me the basics of how to sew hand stitch. She would sew at her sewing machine with patterns and she's in education. She's a teacher or she was, she's retired now, but she would make these costumes for class performances or stuff like that. And she would make her own clothes, help other people with their outfits. But I would grab all the pieces of her scraps off the floor and try to make stuff for my Barbie dolls. I'd try to make shoes, all sorts of stuff. So she taught me what she could at the young age that I was just to be safe. But um, as I got older, she showed me the rope on her old finger machine. As I got older, I started to get patterns and stuff like that. Started to teach myself how to read the patterns and make stuff myself. Some time out on it, of course, growing up, I wasn't the attention span of sewing as a young child is kind of not there. Right. <laughs> so right. I picked it back up in high school, though, and started making just little trendy stuff and wearing it. I never thought about it as something I could do, make as a career. When I was in high school, it was later on after playing with it in college, I went to North Carolina. State University and got oh, my excellent. sociology degree. And after declaring majors and almost out, I was like, well, wait a minute. This is probably not what I wanted to do, but now here I am. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going back. I'm just going to keep pushing. I did apply to the school and got accepted. But at that time, I met my husband. It wasn't in the cards for me right then. So I just started with my oldest son. When he was a baby, I started really getting into making stuff to fit him because he was a chunkier child. And yeah. I had problems with bibs fitting around his neck. So I was like, you know, I sew. I've sewed off and on. I know how to do this. I didn't really get deep into it or anything. 
but I went made bids for him. And I actually started selling little cute bids to people. They'll see them, they're like, oh, these are cute. And so I sell them. Two years later, I had a daughter and that was it. You know, little girls, cute little dresses. I was like, oh my gosh, I was making stuff for her and getting so many compliments on it. And I'm like, I'm going to start a business and make kids clothing. I did that out of our garage at home. And I wow. actually stayed. Yeah, I was in advertising. After she was born, I stayed home and I started that business. And it was called Small Beans. Oh, that is so cute. Tell me more about that name. That's a children's clothing line named Small Beans. Small Beans. It's adorable. You know what? It's so funny. There was not a lot of thought put into the name, unfortunately. It was something that just popped in my head. I was like, why did I just go with it? It just came out of the sky. It really That's was not wonderful. what I thought. Yeah, so that one kind of fell in my lap. <laughs> so I just went with it and I was making stuff at home and, and promoting it and selling it in stores or whatever. Doing some time with stores in the area and selling online and stuff like that. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But my children were my models. I had mostly girls clothing, but I did have some little boy stuff. I loved it at the time. But as the kids got older, of course, they were like my muse. So they inspired me to keep going. When they started being like, oh, mama, don't want to take pictures anymore. I'm not kidding. I'm not into it. I just kind of lost the drive for the whole children's clothes. So mm. that kind of died off. And then I was like, no, I need to really do something that speaks to me, that I want to do. And that's how the Kichi bags came into vision. I shifted and I was like, I'm not into the baby stuff anymore. And my kids. You're not pushing me to do this stuff. <laughs> You're not into baby stuff and neither are your kids. Exactly. So it all worked out. It all worked out. It all worked out. I love bags. Still love bags. Still into Kiki bags, but I want something bigger. I want more than just bags. I want the whole line and accessories and stuff. So like I said, I started with the Kiki bag. I used the same plan as I did with small beings. I, I did trade shows in the area. I did some online stuff. I promoted my website, sold in stores, consignment in stores and stuff like that. And love that. Kept doing it. Then all of a sudden, Earth Baby comes along. Yes. Surprise! Yay! You know, it's kind of like, okay. But this pregnancy was a little bit harder on me, the last one. So he's four now. But I was having, I couldn't keep up with the demand of yeah. what was going on. And I kind of had to push it aside and after he was born, it was kind of like, yeah, I still want to do the bag, but I want more this time. I want more than this bag. I don't want to be known just as the bag lady. Right. I wanted to be kinky with the clothing and the bags and the accessories. So I think we're going to shift. We're going to do this a different way. So that's when I started to get more into the fashion part of the clothing. And then I still driven for my bag. Right. That's something that I'm going to keep reiterating into the fashion because it is part of fashion. Bags are part of fashion. Yes. So I mean, definitely part of fashion. Absolutely. That's basically where it came from. And now we're here and I just keep opportunities, keep dropping in my lap. I keep pushing and trying to reach the goals that I'm reaching for. But there's still a lot more to come from Kichi. <laughs> now tell us about Kichi. Kichi, the name. When I'm trying to find, like, I know her name starts with a K and it's got <laughs> two E's and two I's. I think it's Kichi like Kichi, but I'm not so sure. So tell us where Kichi. Okay. Where does Kichi come from? Okay. So there was a lot of thought behind Kichi. It comes from my Indian heritage. And a lot of African-American individuals have a Native American heritage. 
And mine is Cherokee on my mother's side and Okaniki tribe on my dad's side. And I just cook Okaniki and Cherokee, the key from Cherokee and Okaniki, and I put it together. Then I got Kiki. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. So, yeah, I merged them together. Because, you know, I come from a mom. I come from my dad. Put them together, you get Kiki, and that's me. Oh, I'm black. I'm a black woman, but I also celebrate my Indian heritage because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of us, we have that Native American history in us, and, you know, I just want to bring it together. So, to recognize that as also a part of you. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I asked that question. That was a good question. <laughs> Way to go, Lisa. Well done. I also was very interested in your look. When I was doing research for our conversation, I looked at your Threads magazine piece that was published in 2021. It was really wonderful. And I loved all your answers. But when I got to the bottom, the photo credit said Landon Spencer. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder if Landon is her spouse. And Landon is taking all the photos because Landon knows how to hit the (laughs) angles. And Landon is pulling off this very elongated look. I mean, I don't know if you're six foot three. I don't know if you are. If you are. But... You certainly look like you are in every photo that I take. And it's always sunny. It's like if you ever watch any Batman movies, uh-huh. Gotham is always dark yeah. and raining. There's yeah. never any sun in Gotham. Yours are the opposite. Like, I don't think that in your world, there has never been a cloudy day. Oh, God. I look at your pictures. It's all sunshine all the time. So I'm like, Landon is a pro. Is Landon a professional photographer? Tell me more about this Landon. So tell us about Landon and how Landon has contributed to your journey because Landon has taken some fire pictures. Okay, of course, Landon has definitely contributed to my journey because Landon is my daughter. She's the one who started the whole, you know, thing with me. So yeah, she is my 15-year-old daughter and I asked her to help me out with my photos. I did some modeling when I younger. So I've learned some things over the years about lighting and also my husband, he works with photography, but he's not a photographer. He works on the print side and stuff like that. So he has a lot of photographer friends and I've learned a lot from them and just picking up a little bit or whatever. I'm not a professional. I know how to, but it's hard to take my own pictures. I know how to take a good picture. Hard to take my own pictures, but I coach Landon to try to capture what I'm trying to convey in the picture or whatever. And I've given so every now and then she's like, mom, maybe let's go during the golden hour. I'm like, what's the golden hour? Where'd you get that from? You know, when the light hits you, I'm like, oh, she's picking up stuff and stuff on her own. I'm like, tell me about the golden hour. <laughs> she's become a little photographer on her own. She's still a kid and she likes to do kids things. So I don't call her too much now, but she's enjoyed helping me. And she would love to hear that she's taking good pictures and people like them. So I'll make sure to let her know. Please let her know <laughs> that I have looked at a lot of sewing photography. A lot. <laughs> and yours is an absolute standout. So well, bravo to Landon. Something else I was really interested in and what I do appreciate about your sewing is that it seems very fashion forward or fashion driven. And I think you've described your philosophy for sewing as fashion driven. Can you talk more about what that means to you to have a fashion driven sewing philosophy or sewing practice? 
like I was saying, I was into modeling a lot when I was younger and I done my fair share of modeling and locally and stuff like that. So fashion has always been a part of me. Fashion has always been my thing. I've always been driven by fashion, picking up the magazines, L magazines, the InStyle magazines, Glamour magazines, and seeing all the pretty designs and pretty pictures of all the clothing and stuff. So I'm inspired. A lot of those things are avant-garde and really outlandish and yes. <laughs> stuff you can't rent on the street. That's right. Fashion does push the envelope. It does really push the envelope. But there are ways to bring those into your everyday. I am the girl that is going to make the outfit. And it's like, where are you wearing it to? I'm just going to the grocery store today and pick up the kids, but I'm going to wear it. Today is mailbox day. I've got to go to my mailbox at the end of the driveway. Exactly. But you never know who you're going to run into going to the mailbox, right? Listen. Girl, you don't got to explain it to me. My favorite hobby is stunting on these hoes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so I'm driven by the fashion and I want to make clothes that I want to wear. I mean, why make something that you're not going to feel fabulous in? If, you're not fully, yes. if you want that glamorous picture or that outfit that a person is wearing in that magazine, why not have that make that? That's if right. You can do it, then do it. You know how to sew, you can make it. I appreciate that because the way that you talk about the sewing machine or the sewing process as both a skill and an art. Mm-hmm. And that you've been able to combine, to use your sewing machine to bring those two things together. Now, when you start working on a piece, what inspires you? Because what I'm hearing you say is that you flip through magazines, you see what's happening, you see the avant-garde things. Is that your version of what I do, which is going to Joanne's and flipping through the book or going through Instagram and real talk? I'm like, okay, what's on sale this week? Yeah. At Joanne. And now let me go track the Instagram tags for those particular sale patterns and see if anything looks like something I would want to wear. <laughs> you are pulling inspiration differently or do you do a little bit of both? Everybody has their own style. And sometimes people have not defined their style yet, but they see it on other people and they're like, oh, that looks good on you. It looks good on that person, but it may not look the same on you. Right. So when I see like a pattern or I see something in the magazine, I'm like, oh, that looks, but I'm not shaped like that person or I'm not the same height. How would that fit on me? How would I make that so that it fit me? Yes. So that's why I get into doing my own little tweaks, doing my own little hacks and stuff like that. And that's the reason for the hacks because, hey, I am almost 5'11", three quarters. I always oh, say that. people. Great. Yeah, oh. people are like, why don't you just say six feet? So let's just say six feet because <laughs> I do wear stat shoes because flat shoes don't do my feet any good. But <laughs> so yes, I'm six feet. And I am extremely curvy. I mean, I have a small waist and hips and thighs. The way that looks in that magazine is not going to look the same on me. Right. And most likely, I try to buy in the store. It is not going to fit me correctly. So it's to my advantage that I do know how to sew and I can create it. That is right. So that it fits me and it looks nice on me. It may not be exactly like it looks in, but it's going to look really good on me because I made it fit me. Exactly. Because you're not trying to look like anybody else. No, no. You're not. When you look at that piece, you're not like, oh my gosh, I want that. I want to look exactly like that. No, Very no, few no, no. folks, I think, are trying to replicate down to a penny. Yeah. Even for a sewing pattern, one of the great things I like about buying a pattern is that we can buy the same pattern and it's not going to it, turn exactly. out the same. Exactly. It's going to look very different. 
I think the best way to go about it is to look at it as inspiration. Inspiration, not as to copy it, but to be inspired by it so that you can make it fit your style, fit your lifestyle, fit your fashion style, and fit your body. Because there are pieces out there that you're kind of like, okay, I can wear that, I can make that. But make it your own, you know, just make it your own because exactly. that's what's going to speak the loudest. What you wear, it speaks volumes. That's yes. the first thing people see, you and your appearance. So when they see you and they're like, oh, wow, look, you've got bright colors on and I want to approach that person. They look like they're interesting. Yes. <laughs> that's why I'm very passionate about wearing the inside on the outside. <laughs> I love that. I really do love that. Hey, friends. Hey. Thank you so much for listening to the Stitch Please podcast. And did you know that there are three ways that I can listen to you? The first one is SpeakPipe on the Black Women Stitch website.org. Go to Talk to Us and you can find the SpeakPipe there and you can leave a message. This works on mobile devices as well as on your laptop. The second way is during 30 Minute Thursdays and that's 30 minutes on Instagram from 3 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. And then again on Clubhouse, which is a two-way audio program for mobile devices that allows you to talk back and forth with a group of friends around a singular issue such as sewing. So check those ways out. And then the third way that I'm really excited about is video chat. Using Marco Polo and Streamcast, you can send me a video message and I can send you a video message back. This is a feature only available for Patreon supporters and it's a lot of fun. So now that you know the three ways that you can speak to Black Women Stitch, please check them out. Two of them are free 99 and one is just for Patreon supporters. But any way you cut it, I am really looking forward to helping you get your stitch together. So hit me up. I want to ask you, how would you define, because it's on your website, high street fashion? You say that you bring together like DIY and high street fashion. Mm -hmm. What is high street fashion? Okay, so when I say high street fashion, it's kind of where the runway meets the street. It's wearable. It's not avant-garde. It's not really runway, but it's some of those higher-end pieces with not the high-end tags, kind of boutique-ish type wear, stuff Mm -hmm. you probably will not find in Macy's or your department stores or your local mall or stuff. They are really stylish pieces. They're probably going to be a little trendier. They are chic. They look nice on most people. And like I said, runway meets street. You can't buy it. You can't just go down the street to your local mall and purchase. No. They're eye-catching pieces. That's what I define as high street. Like high street, high, high high-end in street fashion. Going together. And that's what I definitely see in some of your work. Mm -hmm. I know that show Law & Order does like rip from the headlines type TV shows. When Mm -hmm. I look at some of your pieces, I'm like, that looks like it was ripped right out of W Magazine. (laughs) That's where it's ripped from. And it's not because it's a copy, not because it's like, oh, no, no, she copied because you brought it forward. It's like you're taking it from the runway and from the Mm -hmm. studios and the closed fashion houses and putting it on so you can go to the grocery store and the post office. To pick up the kids. (laughs) And pick up your kids and stuck on clothes along the way. And they're like, oh my gosh, look what she's got on. And I am wearing my sweats for the third day in a row. So... Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes, sometimes that's your move. But like I said, you're going to wear how you feel. Yeah, you sure are. Right? So if you're feeling like sweats that day, why not put on some hot pink sweats? There you go. Be cheerful. 
yeah, make it cute with a little prop action going on, you know. <laughs> I really like the way you accessorize. And so I want to ask you what your favorite accessories are that you've made. And then I'll tell you the two that you've made that are my favorites. Okay, so the bag thing was my first thing. I love bags. I really do love bags. I like high-end bags. I like how they look and stuff like that. And so when I go into making um, bags, I do surf like Pinterest and see the bag that the girls are holding from the runway. And I'm like, oh, I can actually make that. One of my favorites is the green bag with the hand of the kurashiki. I think that's how they call it. Mm -hmm. The cloth bags, they look effortless. They are so chic and you're not putting a lot in it. It's like you're high fashion without out even trying. I really love that one. And I plan to make some more of those for the season. I think that those are more like green summer bags. And I actually have a tutorial on that one on my website too. So, Oh, great. (laughs) Your website is packed with tutorials. We're going to be sure to include the link in the notes. I mean, just looking at the first page, it's like technique after technique after technique after project after project. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, I try to help people get into I don't want to steer anybody into trying to dress like me. I just try to give them an idea of, look, this is what you can do. This yes. is what you can do with it and try to get them to look at it in their way, how they want to be perceived and how they can do it. Just giving you ideas of things you can do. You don't have to dress like me. Right. Just because you like this outfit. But, you know, this is what you can do. This is what can be done with it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I have two pieces that you made that I love. One is I love the way you do corsets. I'm not sure if you call them corsets, but the way that you will take a corset and put it around a shirt dress. That, I think, is really clever. Lisa, I am so glad you mentioned it because the corsets and the boutier. When that came back on the scene, I was like, where have you been? It was like, oh, my God. Before I knew it, every piece of fabric that I got in, I was like, how can I make a corset? How can I make a bustier out of it? I'm like, okay, no, people are going to get tired of this. You're about to get sick of me. But look, I love the way it cinches. That's the smallest part of my body. I just love it. It creates. It accentuates. Yes. It accentuates the curves in your body. It's so womanly and feminine. I just love it. I love a corset and a bustier. And when done, you can actually put it to your everyday. You can incorporate it to your everyday wear. Yes. So it doesn't have to be a special occasion. Usually that's how it was. But no, with the, all the different fabrics that you can make it out of, all the different ways that people have shown us that they can style it, you can wear it every day if you want to. So you can wear it with a suit. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I really <laughs> love how you can wear it with the shirt dress or with a dress oh, yeah. that has like, when you pull the sleeves down and you have puffy sleeves mm-hmm. it can accentuate that mm-hmm. there's just so much it can do it elevates a simple dress elevates a simple look it just pushes it up our yes it elevates and it accentuates it's the perfect piece <laughs> it really is it really is and that's one of the ones and then the ones where you and i are fabric twins oh yeah Oh, yeah. It wasn't a shawl. It was some kind of, call it a vest, a puffy vest, I think. It was like a vest. And I added the wraparound strings and stuff to it. I wanted to be like, okay, well, I can just throw a turtleneck on some jeans if I wanted to and just wear this. 
Yes. Or I could wear it with the whole with the skirt thing. Or maybe put a black skirt with it or some sort of different print skirt to match it up or something. I like to be versatile when I go about my pieces. I try to think I don't want this to be the piece that I only pick up when I wear this. Right. I like to get the most out of my outfit. So before I make it, I'm looking at like, if I make it like this, this is the only way I can make it. So how can I fix it to where it could be more versatile. And that's kind of the way I go about some of my projects. Another reason why I'm more prone to make two pieces oh, than to make whole pieces. But that's changed with the whole portrait thing because, you know, <laughs> but a lot of times I will shop a dress and be like, I want to wear a shirt and a skirt. I can mix with something else. The top I can mix with something else. So I do look at it. I do put some thought into some of the pieces. <laughs> it's clear that you put a lot of yeah. thought into your look and that your skills are able to enhance the work that you're already doing. And I do appreciate how the way that you have laid out your tutorials, the way that you've done your overall sense of style, it's very inviting and welcoming saying, look, I'm not trying to get you to look like me. I'm just trying to show you yeah. if you would like to have a similar look or if you have pieces in your own closet or pieces that you've already made or you sew and you have the same skills. We all got the same skills to a certain extent. You can make this too. Yeah. I think that's really wonderful. I really do. I think that's great. I wanted to ask you about some of the sewing organizations and companies mm -hmm. that you've worked with. So you're currently a mood ambassador or a mood blogger, a mood sewing network blogger and a Bernina ambassador. Mm -hmm. How did those things come about and what are some of the benefits for doing that? I am a Project Runway fan. So <laughs> when are you going to be on Project Runway? I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I keep feeling like this should happen by now. I really have to get out of my own head with the Project Runway thing. I've thought about it and I've played with it in my head, but the whole competition part of it, I feel like that is just so stressful and I just want to create. I just want to create mm -hmm. art. Why is that to be a competition? And why I got to make my art out of stuff you found in the trash? Exactly. <laughs> now, that could probably be fun. I've never done that before. That could probably be fun. See, that's why you're ready for the show. So I wish you'd stop playing, Marcia, and go ahead and send them people your audition tape already. Marcia wants to make stuff out the trash. <laughs> that could be fun. I have to think about that a little bit more. But yeah, that's the only part that kind of gets me. I'm like, man, the whole competition is going to kill the mood for me in my art, in my creating being that I have to compete with somebody who's like right next to me. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I have to think about it. I have to get out of my own head. Girl, please, you put them earbuds in your head and keep in mind your business and do what you do at the house. Just do it over there. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. But yeah, the mood, I love mood. And that was my first time being exposed to mood watching Project Runway. It's an iconic store. Project Runway just put it out there. Yes. Being able to work with them and their fabric, it has mm. been a pleasure. They have so many. I mean, even the website doesn't touch on the stuff when you see people doing pictures in the stores and when you see Project Runway and you're like, where was that fabric online? I didn't see that. Wait a minute. Let me go back and look. Oh, yeah. I like this so much. There's way more in-store than is online, exactly. I think, sure. So I am so glad to be able to work with their huge variety of things. And I've worked with them for a while and I still feel like I haven't really touched on everything that they offer. It's been a great ride with them and I'm happy to be working with them. I was asked to be a Bernina ambassador 
ambassador when it was like almost a year ago. And I was excited because I had seen people working with their Bernina machines. I was like, oh my gosh, it does so much. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Look at it. It's like that Rolls Royce. It's so shiny. You don't want to drive it. <laughs> it's so shiny. <laughs> Look at all the buttons. <laughs> I'm looking at all the buttons. So when they approached me and asked me to be an ambassador, I was like, why, certainly, yes. And I've been creating with Bernina a sewing machine for almost a year now, and I love it. I mean, it really opened up some things that I've never done. There's so many aspects to the machine that I haven't touched on everything yet. But Even after a year, you're still growing into the machine. Even after a year, I'm still growing into it. And there's really a learning curve when you first get into it because yes. there's so much. It's like, okay, you can't just jump in and do everything at one time. I need to focus on this first, but anybody who has a Bernina knows it's one of those things that keep learning new things as you go and getting better at it. But I love the machine and I'm so happy to be working. Bernina does their machines with numbers. What kind of Bernina do you have? I'm sorry I haven't remembered it, but it's a B590, okay? B590. It does some embroidery too. Yeah, there's an attachment for embroidery and stuff like that. I don't know why I'm so skittish to get into embroidery. Oh, because you're going to start a new business. That's why you're skittish. Listen, I tell you what, as soon as you put that 5 by 7 or 8 by 10 hoop on that machine and you figure (laughs) out that you can digitize things with your face Mm -hmm. on them and put it on there and your logo, you will have a new business. So that's why you're being hesitant. Yeah. So next year, when I interview you again about your embroidery business... Or the new line of designs that you've made after being on Project Runway, I'll say, remember when you didn't embroider yet? Yeah, yeah. I played with it a little bit, but I haven't got deep into it. But I'm like, oh my God, this seems like a lot. It seems like so much. I know it's just one of those things. Every time I take on something, it seems bigger than me. And then once I get into it, it's like, what? See? See? <laughs> you feel the same way when you get on the set of Project Runway. You feel the same. <laughs> You feel the same. Why was I nervous about? Lisa was right. I get my earbuds and stuck on these. Well, I can sew better than everybody in here, (laughs) which will be true. I appreciate it. (laughs) Now, I know we need to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you this question. When I was looking at your threads piece, you said that stitch actually was your favorite sewing word. You know, I thought that was very clever that you said that. And so the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast, you said that you like the word stitch because you just like to say it as opposed to saying sew in the ditch, stitch in the ditch. I agree. Way better. Yeah. It's way better. It just has a ring to it. Yeah. Are you going to stitch it up? Yes, exactly. I'm going to make this straight. Yes, it's perfect. It's a perfect word. I agree. So the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is we will help you get your stitch together. I'm going to ask you to share with our listeners, what advice would you give them to help them get their stitch together? I think the biggest thing to get your stitch together is, like I mentioned before, inspiration from other Instagrammers and other stitchers and other creators and actually just get the inspiration from them. But be yourself. You don't have to make it exactly like it is. Make it the way you know it'll fit your body and feel good on you. You want to be comfortable. You want to feel good in your clothes. And when you make something that somebody else is wearing and you put it on your body and you're like, well, it don't look like the way it looks on her. It's because that's not the way you're supposed to wear it, probably. You may need to adjust it the way. Don't be scared to adjust. Don't be scared to rip that sleeve off. 
make it different. Puff sleeves are not for everybody. Everybody don't like puff sleeves. Puff sleeves might not fit your body right. I like a puff sleeve because I'm heavy on the bottom. Balance. Even see, I'm a little bit balanced. You notice I usually go bigger on top most of the time. That works for me. It might not work for you. So do something a little different. Don't be scared to alter it. You're going to look good in what you make when you feel confident about it and wearing it. And the only way you're going to do that is if you make it for you, not make it like somebody else. That's perfect. Just perfect. Thank you so much, Marcia Spencer, Kichi B style on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today here on the Stitch Please podcast. It was a blast. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I talked to you today. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. 